Shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom. 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 We have a timely, detailed lesson prepared for the brothers and sisters. Um, and this lesson will be called History Repeats Itself. Today, we're going to go into the histrionics behind false flags. <clears throat> now, when we say false flags, a false flag refers to a covert operation perpetrated or engineered by government to deceive uh, the masses, uh, to demonize a particular group of people. For example, if the government were to pay a brother or a sister to do a shooting at a school or concert, then usually they would come behind that and change legislation or demonize a certain people. Like, for example, 9-11. Ever since 9-11, we have looked at Muslims as they're all terrorists. A lot of these mass shootings have been perpetrated or government engineered by somebody who is on the payroll of the government, like a Jason Bourne or somebody like that. Of course, we know that Jason Bourne is a movie, but I just wanted to use that as an example. So we want to go into the history of one of the first false flags and how they used that to attack our people, known as the desolation of abomination. And that was in 70 AD where our people were destroyed and fleed from Roman persecution. So we're going to go into that, brothers and sisters. We're going to start at <clears throat> Ephesians 6, because the reason why we're going to start at Ephesians 6 is a lot of brothers and sisters, we all should understand that we're not fighting against each other. There's something deeper. There's spirits involved that are controlling and directing these governments. And we're going to prove it today, brothers and sisters. We're going to start at verse 12. Ephesians 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Right. So <clears throat> there's rulers and spirits commanding these governments and directing them. A lot of these things that they are, these plans that they're utilizing didn't come from the mind of a man. These came from the spiritual realm, brothers and sisters. We're being attacked. And we need to know this. Therefore, we know that we don't need to fight each other, brothers and sisters. There's something else working in the, you know, in the background. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Right. So we must stop fighting each other and realize who we're really fighting. Read verse 10, brother. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Read that one more time. <laughs> Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So we must put on the full armor of these scriptures, brothers and sisters, the full armor. We can't fight these world powers physically. You can't fight these, you know, these governments physically, brothers and sisters. This is going to be a spiritual revolution. And that's something they're not prepared to deal with. They're not prepared to deal with the spiritual revolution, brothers and sisters. Let's, uh, let's, let's read 12 one more time before we move on. Verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we're going to go into a plan. This was a spiritual plan against spiritual people. Now, usually... When the Christian church talk about the desolation of abomination, they would have you believe that this happened to a church. And they're partly right, but this church was a nationality of people. This wasn't a Christian church that they, you know, 
that they came to take down. This was a physical people, brothers and sisters. So they were doing false flags in ancient times the same way. You know, this past year we had maybe over six or seven uh, mass shootings that were government engineered completely. They were government engineered because why? They're aiming to do what? Remove the firearms. They're looking to remove the firearms, brothers and sisters. And I'm not saying we should have firearms, but this is what they're looking to do. And we're going to go into the history, the histrionics behind one of the first false flags perpetrated against the children of Israel. We're going to go to Daniel 9. Because Daniel prophesied this, brothers and sisters. We're going to read verse, we're going to read verse 2. Daniel 9, verse 2. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by, by books of the number of years, whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Right now, <clears throat> this was 500 years before, 400, almost 500 years <clears throat> before it actually happened. Daniel prophesied this. Uh, jump to 26, brother. Verse 26. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself and the people of the prince that read, shall... Read that part again. <clears throat> and the people... Yes. Verse 26. Yes, sir. Verse 26. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be with a flood. And until the end of the war, desolations are determined. Right. It says the, the prince. It says the people of the prince. Who is that? The prince of darkness, brothers and sisters. Who is that? That's the Roman <clears throat> Empire coming against the Jews. When we say Jews, we're talking about <clears throat> in, in this context, if we contextualize it, we're talking about Benjamin, Judah, and Levi, those who were left. In Judea, in Jerusalem, in 70 AD, because we know why. In 721, the northern kingdom, which would be your native tribes, were taken out of the land and went into the Americas. So at this time, only the, what you would call, black tribes were left. This was perpetrated against us. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 26. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be with a flood. And until the end of the war, desolations are determined. Right. So this was a plan against a physical people, brothers and sisters. This had nothing to do with a religion. This was a plan to destroy the original people of the land of Israel. That's what this plan was. Satan was prevailing over the Roman Empire. It says the people of the prince, they were also known as the serpent people from Causaria, the Khazars. Khazar is another word for what? Caesar. Caesar. These people, if you look up the history, go on, if you don't believe us, go on your search engine and type in the serpent people and see what pops up. These people were also known as the serpent people. They were being controlled by who? By Satan himself, brothers and sisters. Let's prove to you that when it talks about uh, desolation, this wasn't against a religion. This was against a specific people. We're going to prove that by going to Acts 11 and 26 because why the Christians have jumbled everything up and have people confused in regards to who people are we're going to Acts 11 and 26 <clears throat> Acts 11 verse 26 and when he had found him he brought him unto Antioch 
And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Right. So the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. So that means these disciples before they were Christians were what? They were Jews. They were Israelites. So the first Christians were Israelites. And that's the part where they they skewed things because they would have you believe that the Romans were coming after Christians, a religion, when really they were coming after a fraction of Israelites called Christians. These were black men, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time. Verse 26. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Right, Christians first. So they were focused on Jews who were called Christians, brothers and sisters. Jews, being a Jew, being an Israelite, a nationality. Being a Christian was a particular fraction because why? You had what? You had the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Zealots, the Nicolaitans. And we could continue to go on. There was a plethora. But this specific uh, crisis following were called Christians because they believed in a new way. They believed in a new way, brothers and sisters. We needed to prove to you that this desolation of abomination wasn't a Christian church. This was a physical people, brothers and sisters. Those same people who you would call your minorities. Why are we calling minorities? Because why? They don't matter. Call them minor. That's psychology because if they call you minority long enough, you'll believe that you don't matter. So this was a physical people, brothers and sisters. And we're going to go into the history and highlight some of the history some of the tricks that they have used against us. They're not, they're not using a new, a new syllabus, brothers and sisters. They're using the antiquities of their fathers. Everything that they've done in this time, they've done before, brothers and sisters. The Bible tells you that. Luke 21 and 20. We're going back to the gospel, y'all. Follow us. Follow us to the gospel. Luke 21 verse 20. And, we, and when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Read that again. Verse 20. And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Now, when we see Jerusalem compassed with armies, that means when you see military presence. When the Romans start calling martial law in Jerusalem. The desolation is nigh. That desolation is known in history as the desolation of abomination. And that happened in 70 AD. You can look this up in many records. You can look this up in the book of Josephus. You can look this up in the record of um, From Babylon to Timbuktu by Rudolph R. Windsor. See? So this history is chronologized in secular, in secular books. Read verse 21, brother. Verse 21. Then let, let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains. Read that again. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains. So when you see military presence or martial law, he told J Judah to flee into the mountains. Those mountains are known today as the Atlas Mountains between that separate Africa and Europe. We're going to go to Matthew 24. What did Christ have to say about this time? Because Christ prophesied. That we needed to do something during this time. We're going to Matthew 24. We're going to read 1 and 2. Matthew 24 verse 1. And Christ went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him for, for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Christ said unto them. See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you. There shall not be left here one stone upon another. 
that shall not be thrown down. So he was prophesying that the Roman Empire would come against us and tear down our temple, our holy worship place. He was prophesying this. He said the temple, he was showing them this temple, there will come a time where there will not be one stone upon one another. That this would have to be destroyed. We're going to jump to 15 through 22. Verse 15. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation. See, this is what Daniel prophesied, brothers and sisters. Spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountain. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 16. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Right. So he told us when we see Roman persecution, Roman occupancy within our land, irregardless of why they're saying they're there, because why? They'll claim that they're there to help you out. Well, you know, we just need to help you get some food and we need to give you vaccinations because you're sick. Whatever reason that they are using to be within our land. We would need to be aware. That should give you cause to pause. It should be alarming. So he told us when that happens, flee into the mountains. Those mountains are what is known today as the Atlas Mountains. This is when our people fled into Africa. A lot of people think we're Africans because the slave ship came from Africa. But no, we fled into Africa. We're not Africans. We're Israelites. And Africa or Israel is northern Africa. It's part of Africa. So, you know, I don't want to distance ourselves too much because some of those people in Kenya, Ghana, some of those are our people, Zimbabwe, they're actually Israelites. So I don't want to, you know, make it seem like it's just about the brothers in America because I've had some who they thought were Africans tell me that they feel like, you know, we don't show them love. We're only dealing with the Jews in America. And that's not so. So we just wanted to, we don't want to separate ourselves, but we want to highlight and give ourselves the true identity back. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 16. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Continue. Verse 17. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Right. So when you see Romans in the land, you got to be ready to go. Don't come down. If you're on the rooftop, you need to come down and go. Don't gather your thing. Go. This is what Christ was prophesying. Continue, brother. Verse 18. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. Right, so woe to those who were with child, because during that time we were going to need to run. So if you were having a child at that time, it was going to be very tough. And we're going to go into some of the things that transpired with some of the sisters who were dealing, in, you know, were, had newborns, who had babies, and what the Romans did to us. And we're not bringing this out to stir up anger against a people because we know what Re vengeance is the Lord's it's Christ we're we're in the spirit spirit of meekness of humbleness of forgiveness of love that's the spirit we're in we're not saying this so you can go <coughs> do something to somebody so I, I just want to put that out there continue brother verse 20 but pray ye that your flight be not in the winter neither on the Sabbath day for then shall be great tribulation such as such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. Right. So at that that time would be a great tribulation like the world have never known. Continue. Mm -hmm. I'll start from the top. Verse 21. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. 
But for the elect's sakes, those days shall be shortened. Right, for the elect's sake. Who is the elect? The children of Israel. The Most High had to shorten the time because if he didn't, we would all be destroyed. All of us would be destroyed because why? The serpent knows he have a certain amount of time to destroy these people before they receive the kingdom, before they receive rulership, before they receive the covenant that was given to our father, Abraham. So they have sped it up. Now, what are they doing? They have turned the music that we hip hop music that started out as poetry in a way to express ourselves in regards of how the government was treating us. They've turned that into a tool of N-word this and N-word that and kill somebody and sell drugs. They have started to vaccinate us. These are all things that they've done. So Christ had to shorten the time. Therefore, some of us could make it. Read that last part. Read the last two, brother. Verse 21. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened. Thus should no flesh be saved. Right. Now, we're going to go into uh, a couple history books. Uh, we're going to go into the Josephus. We, we, we're going to go into the Josephus as a history book, brothers and sisters, to show you what happened in this time where Christ said to flee. For those who didn't flee, because those, you know, those people died off. And we're going to give you the actual the histrionics of what transpired for those who didn't follow Christ. Because there was a lot of our people saying, well, God is going to save us from here. There's nothing we have to do. Let's jump to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Further prophecies. We're going to read 2 Thessalonians uh, 2 and we're going to read 1 through 12 before we jump into some of the history. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Right. See, we're gathering unto Christ. See, we're not gathering under Moses. We're not gathering unto whoever, whatever camp or church, even this church. We're gathering under Christ. Christ is the only thing that could bring the 12 tribes together. This is what we have in common. Now that I know who the Gadites are, now that I know who Issachar is, now I see that we're more alike. Now I have a love for him. Why? Because Christ. That's why. And they knew that. They knew we would come together if we had something in common. That's why they, they spent billions of dollars of hiding the information from us, brothers and sisters. Continue. Verse 2. That ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us. As that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come. Except there come a falling away first. Unless there be a falling away first. Now Christians will say. This is a time where you won't be allowed to be a Christian. No. The falling away was when our people were destroyed in 70 AD. Read that one more time brother. Verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come. Except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. The son of perdition. The son of perdition have to be revealed. We know who the son of perdition is. It's Amalek. Amalek, the Jewish, those who've stolen our identity, are, they are the son of perdition. Continue, brother. Verse 4. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above, above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Continue. Remember ye not that when I was when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. 
For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Right. The mystery of iniquity doth already work. So that's saying that the Christians will tell you that we're waiting on an antichrist when the antichrist was working back then. Read that one more time, brother. Verse seven. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken away, until he be taken out of the way. Right. So who was working during that time? The Roman Empire. The Roman Empire. Continue, brother. Verse 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth. See, they receive not the love of the truth, brothers and sisters. Continue. Verse 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Pleasure in unrighteousness, brothers and sisters. Now, how could the Roman Empire make a pretext to attack a people who were not bothering them? Because our people never bother people. You know, we bother, we fight each other more than we fight. I've never fought a white man. I've never got an argument with a white man or an Edomite. The only people I'd be arguing with, at least back in when I was in the world, was my own people. So we've been triggered to believe that it's somebody outside of ourselves that is the problem. It's actually us and how we treat each other, brothers and sisters. That's actually the problem. Now we're going to show you Nero. Nero was a Caesar. I believe the fifth Caesar. And there was something that transpired during his reign. There was something that transpired during his reign that allowed them the pretext to come attack us. We have a, an article from we have an article from uh, we have a, we have two articles, one from Wiki. The first one we're going to go into is from the National Geographic. And this is what they had to say about Nero, brothers and sisters. On July 19th, 64 CE, a fire started in the enormous circus Maximus Stadium in Rome. And see, that's crazy how they're, they're using that term BCE now. I asked a, uh, a historian about that, and she told me it's before Common Era. See, so they're trying to take Christ even out of that now. See? Because the mystery of iniquity is already working. Continue, brother. Only Ju on July 19th, 64 CE, a fire started in the enormous Circus Maximus Stadium in Rome. Right. Now, this in, in history is known as the Great Fire of Rome. Now the capital, the capital of Italy. When the fire was finally extinguished six days later, ten of Rome's fourteen dis districts were burned. Ancient historians blame Rome's infamous emperor Nero for right. the fire. Right. See, so what Nero did was he set his own towns on fire, and then he blamed us because there was no way that he could stir up that spirit of patriotism to go against the people who weren't bothering him. So he set his own lands on fire and said it was the Christians. Therefore, now they had a pretext to come attack us, brothers and sisters. The same thing they're doing now. The same thing they're doing. Nobody's blowing up planes. Nobody's shooting up schools other than them. Nobody's doing that. This is the pretext of what you would call a false flag, what they would do to, to try to change a legislation or to engage a person in physical combat. Continue, brother. Other historians say Nero wanted to raise 
the city so he could build a new palace. Nero himself blamed a rebellious new cult, the Christians. Read that part again. Nero himself blamed a rebellious new cult, the Christians. See, so what he did was he burned Rome, and then he blamed the Christians. And we know who the Christians are. They were Jews who followed Christ, or Israelites who followed Christ. So this was the pretext that they used to come into our land. Because there was no such thing as having a, uh, uh, not just an Edomite, but a Gentile come into our land. That didn't happen. They needed a reason. They needed a way to be able to come engage us, brothers and sisters. Most modern historians don't blame Nero for the great fire of Rome. Ancient Rome was a city of more than two million people with thousands living in slums. These slums were filled with poorly constructed wooden apartment buildings. Right. Now it says modern historians try to say that it, it, it wasn't Nero. Of course, we know that who's writing the history books, who's publishing the records, the same people who perpetrated this act. See, so we know the truth. We know that we didn't do that. Our people don't blow stuff up. Our people don't go shoot up schools like give me the date of when a brother <laughs> was convicted of doing something terroristic like that. Never. Continue, brother. A fire in one apartment could quickly engulf the entire block. Right. Now we're going to... That was the National Geographic. You can find that on the website for the history of Nero. Now we're going to read just an excerpt from Wiki. The Great Fire of Rome was an urban fire in the year AD 64. It caused widespread devastation. Now, brothers and sisters, examine that this was 64 AD. Six years prior to them coming into Jerusalem. 70 AD is when we were taken down. This was six years before that. It caused widespread devastation before being brought under control after six days. Deferring accounts either blame Emperor Nero for initiating the fire or credit him with organizing measures to contain it and provide relief for refugees. Right. So what he did was he started a fire and then he, he established relief. So he gave them a place to go then. So he could be the good guy. He's like, I got food for you. You know, just come here and we'll build new cities. And this is what they do. They come in as the savior the same way they did with who? Our brothers, the North American Indians. Give them smallpox and then come with the cure. You gave it to us though. See, this is what they do. They're using the same antiquities of their fathers. They don't change, brothers and sisters. Because why? If it worked when we knew who we were, it'll definitely work now. And we don't know who we are. This worked when we completely knew who we were. Read that uh, Read that again, brother. Deferring accounts either blame Emperor Nero for initiating the fire or credit him with organizing measures to contain it and provide relief for refugees. According to Tacitus, and later Christians, Nero blamed the devastation on the Christian community in the city. See? So this is different accounts. They, they was proven that Nero blamed this on Christians. He blamed this on the Jews. This was their pretext. They needed to vilify us as a pretext to come take us down. The same way they do now. They call us thugs, criminals, hoodlums. It's the same thing they do. Therefore, when we get shot down in the streets like a dog... <laughs> There's no sentiment for us. Because why? You're a thug anyway. You're a criminal. Right? Is that it on that, brother? Yes, sir. All right. We're going to jump into Ecclesiastes 1 and 9 to show you that the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. They're doing the same thing today, brothers and sisters. The same exact thing. Ecclesiastes 1, verse 9. The thing that had been... It is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be, 
shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. There is no new thing under the sun, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you what transpired in 70 AD. We're going to show you. They use this as a pretext to attack us the same way they use 9-11 to go where? Afghanistan, all into the Middle East. For example, I could come to your house. You have land. I tell you, knock on your door. Hey, brother. Hey, sister. Somebody just robbed me and ran in your backyard. Therefore, I need to go in your backyard. See? That's how they do. This is what they use. They demonize and vilify somebody and then say, you know what? They need democracy over there. I need to go over there and give them democracy. This is what they do. False flags. And usually it's perpetrated by somebody with the finances to control media. We know who that is. We know who's controlling the media, brothers. This is those who have stolen our identity. Continue, brother. Read that one more time. Verse 9. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. Right. Now we're going to go into your Zondervan Bible Dictionary. We didn't print this book, brothers and sisters. And we're going to read the definition for Nero. What does the Zondervan Bible Dictionary say about Nero? Nero was what? He was an Edomite, brothers and sisters. He was an Edomite. And he started the, the, the takedown of the Israelites. Benjamin, Judah, and Levi. Ecclesiastes says what? There's no new thing under the sun. Let's see what it says about Nero in the Zondervan Bible Dictionary. In AD 64, a large part of Rome was destroyed by fire. Whether or not Nero actually ordered the burning of the, of the city and very controversial. It's very controversial. Whether he did it is very controversial. See? So even Zondervan know. Zondervan even know these people and see that lets you know that it's there. We're not wrestling with flesh and blood. That's a spirit. What kind of person in their mind says, you know what? Let me go burn down my own city and then blame somebody who have nothing to do with it. See, that's a spirit. That's a demon. That's a demon, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother. In A.D. 64, a large part of Rome was destroyed by fire. Whether or not Nero actually ordered the burning of the city is very controversial. Very controversial. However, justly or not, the finger of suspicion was pointed in Nero's direction. See? So this is in history. We're not just making this up because we're Israelites and we're looking for somebody to blame. Zondervan knows that. Zondervan is not a Jew, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Zondervan is a Gentile, brothers and sisters. And they know, but they know you, we don't read. So they'll put it, all the information in their records because they know we don't read. You want to hide something from us, put it in a book. This is the proof that they, back then, they were... <laughs> Believing that it was Nero, brothers and sisters, who was an Edomite. He was an Edomite, uh, Edomite brothers and sisters, who was who? The, uh, also known as the quote-unquote white man. This was the Romans, brothers and sisters, the Khazars. Let's go to Revelations 12. We need to give you some background. Now we can go into the story to show you what transpired after they claimed we attacked them. What happened after that? Let's go to Revelations 12. Let's read, uh, let's read 10 through 14. Revelation 12, verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Right, so we know when Christ was crucified, Satan was cast out of the kingdom, uh, out of heaven for good. He couldn't go back and forth. 
we know that he was going back and forth because when you go into Job, first chapter, it tells you that he presented himself before the Most High and asked the Most High, could he tempt Job? Because why? Because he knows he's not in charge. He had to ask permission. So at this point, he didn't have any more access into the kingdom. Now, what are they doing? Now they need to use physical uh, chariots, these different um, ways of transportation to go into portals to get there. That's why they're going up into the heavens, because he don't have the power to go there anymore, him or the fallen angels. So now they have to actually use physical, you know, physical technology. Uh, Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Brother Corey, please read Revelations 12 and 10 one more time. Verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. See, by the blood of Christ. That's how we overcome. That's our protection, brothers and sisters. Continue. And by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. See, so Satan now have ramped it up with all of these ways of being crafty against us because they know they can't just come after us physically. They, they'll never do that. Why? Because then we'll band together. We would band together. Even Israelites who don't have the same understanding of who people are and who's going to make into the kingdom and what laws to follow for the sake of preservation, we would come together and they know that. So they have to deal crafty. They have to deal wisely as the Bible says with us. Continue brother. Verse 13. Read uh, 12 one more time, brother. Verse 12. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Right, so Satan, is, he will exterminate everybody in order to get to these people. He know his time is running short, so he have ramped it up. He have ramped it up, brothers and sisters. You can tell you in the end days, turn on the television and look at what's on the television. Turn on the radio. It's not even about talent anymore. It's about degradation. It's about division. It's about sinning. Even if it's on TV, it's still a sin. Even if murder's wrong, if it's on TV, that's a sin. Having intercourse and all that other stuff, you know, outside of that's a sin. Even on TV, rapping about killing somebody and doing these things, that's a sin, even though you claim it's art. Because why? They, they hide behind that term art, as if art have no rules. Continue, brother. Verse 13, and when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man child. Read that part again. And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man child. Right now, how do we know that the who was the woman? Let's prove who he's persecuting. Go to verse one to prove to you that this isn't a church. This is a specific people, brothers and sisters. Verse one. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. Those twelve stars represent who? The twelve tribes of Israel. So the woman is Israel. So he persecuted Israel. Let's go back to 13, brother. Verse 13. 
And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man child. Right. So Satan is directing the government executive to destroy these people because he know he have a short time. These people are who you would call minorities. That's who these people are. He's looking to attack us, brothers and sisters, because he know time is short. He would destroy everything, including the earth, in order to stop these people. Because he know if even if it's one left, if it's one of us left, they will inherit the rulership, the kingdom. And we know it's going to be much more than one. We know that. Continue, brother. Verse 14. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle. Right. That she might fly into the wilderness. Right. It says... It says, read that one more time, brother. Verse 14. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness. It says wings of a great eagle. What does that mean? It means to run or to flee or to fly. So there was time for us to run as Christ told us to run into the wilderness. Read that one more time from the top, brother. Verse 14. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness and to her place. Well, she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. Right. See, so the serpent, the serpent people in his government, his rulership is looking to destroy these people. Everywhere missionary goes, come that flood that is talking about. See, they claim they're bringing Christ, but really that's not what they're doing. They're looking for you. That's why they're in Africa. That's why they're in these different lands, because this is their way in. Oh, I'm trying to bring Christ. No, you're not. You're trying to take a census of where the children of Israel are. That's what you're trying to do. Because us being scattered was to some degree a saving grace. Because why? They couldn't destroy us all at one time. So now they have created a worldwide web, a new world order, a European Union to find these people and destroy them. That's that flood, brothers and sisters. Read that scripture one more time and we're going to go into the history books. Verse 14. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle. That she might fly into the wilderness and to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. Continue, brother. Verse 15. And the serpent cast out of his mouth waters as a flood after the woman. That water or that flood is philosophy. It's, it's lies. It's degradation. It's holidays. It's religion. This is how he gets us. Notice that those missionaries only come to the minority neighborhoods. You ever notice that? You notice that? Because they, they that's where they come to. They come to the ghettos, to the Hispanic neighborhoods, to the black neighborhoods, because they're not looking to get Edomites. They're looking to get you. They're looking to trip, stumble you, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Right now, we're going to jump into a history book, brothers and sisters, called From Babylon to Timbuktu by Rudolf R. Windsor. This book was published about probably 50 years ago, 40, 50 years ago. He was a serious scholar and he, this record is sourced. He, he, he went into history and pulled, you know, pulled from history sourced, of course. That means, you know, it's legitimate. It's authentic. Some, some historical facts, brothers and sisters, get some real history for a change. Grab some of these books and let's stop believing everything they put in our schools. Uh, we, we're we're going to read page 84. In the year 65 B.C., the Roman armies under General Pompey captured Jerusalem. Now, notice it says 65 B.C. Read that again, brother. In the year 65 B.C., the Roman armies under General Pompey captured Jerusalem. In 70 A.D., General Vespasian and his son, 
Titus put an end to the Jewish state. Right. In 70 AD, Titus in Vespasian took us down. That was the desolation abomination. We're going to go into that. We're going to actually go into the the actual the actual stories and histories about about what transpired during this time because it wasn't this was a gradual thing this didn't happen in one day brothers and sisters we're going to go into what transpired for those who did not flee into the mountains continue brother in 70 AD general Vespasian and his son Titus put an end to the Jewish state with great slaughter during the period of the military governors of Palestine many outrages and interest atrocities were committed against the residue of the people during the period from Pompeii to Julius it had been estimated that over a million Jews fled into Africa fled where into Africa fled where into Africa see why we don't hear about this history why we hear about the Jews that fled into Europe and we hear about all that what about those million Jews that fled in Africa see they don't want to open up that Pandora's box get some real history for a change brothers and sisters go buy this record Go, go get this record, brothers and sisters. This is a published record. Continue, brother. During the period from Pompeii to Julius, it has been estimated that over a million Jews fled into Africa, fleeing from Roman persecution and slavery. The slave markets were full of black Jewish slaves. Black Jewish slaves. Now, we know the word Jewish is a fallacy. We know it just means Jew because Christ wasn't Jewish. Ish is a suffix. If you're ish, you're not it. If you're bluish, you're not blue. So we just know that's terminology. It's an old record. We know that the Negroes are the Jews concerned in regards to the Bible. When you see uh, the Jews in the New Testament, sometimes it refers to Benjamin, Judah, and Levi. Why? Because they all lived in Judea. So this was the first time that Rome was able to position their military in Jerusalem. And now you see why they're so disingenuous concerning Concerning our identity, the serpent is still looking to destroy these people. This started back then. Jacob's trouble started in 70 AD. The desolation of abomination started in 70 AD. It's still going on. Don't give me a short period of tribulation. This is tribulation. Christians, I have you believe that tribulation hasn't started. This is not tribulation. Being vaccinated, being killed, foods being poisoned, cloned meat. This is not... This is tribulation right here. Don't have, don't let somebody make you believe that you have to wait on a tribulation. Tribulation started a long time ago, brothers and sisters. Is that all you have in there, brother? Yes, sir. All right. So we're going to go to the war of the Jews. We're going to go into Josephus, brothers and sisters. Yahweh is his name. Josephus was a, yes, sir. J- Josephus was a scholar. He was a, what you would call a, a a reporter in those days. He was a brother. He was a Jew. He was paid by the Romans to write down what transpired in Jerusalem during this time so they could go back on it. Because see, that's how they do. They love to see you suffer and then go back on the history. This is what they do. So Josephus put together the history of the takedown of Jerusalem or what you would call the siege of Jerusalem, of Masada. And we're going to go into what transpired. When they, as we said, it says they 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 um, put it into the quote unquote Jew state in 70 A.D. So what they did was they said, you know what, we need to place our armies in Jerusalem. Listen, we're not trying to we're not trying to kill you. It's a preemptive measure to make sure you don't burn any more cities. See, this is what they did. They burned their own cities and then they put their armies in our land and say, we just need to watch you. We're not trying to hurt you or anything like that. We just need to watch you, you know, to make sure everything's okay. 
See? So we're gonna go to we're gonna go to uh Josephus, book five, uh chapter twelve, paragraph one, War of the Jews. This was they were putting their armies in place to destroy us back then. See? So when you start seeing military, even in America, in, even in Babylon, when you start seeing that, understand that the military is not there to help you. Military are trained mercenaries. They're there to kill. They don't put, you get police to police. During Katrina, they had black water down there, right? When you see military, whether it's the National Guard or whoever, whichever branch it is, they're not there to help you. Military is not there to help you. They're trained killers. Let's start, brother. Uh, can you read the, the name of the paragraph, brother? Oh, excuse me. The name of the chapter. The, the War of the Jews. Chapter 12. Titus thought fit to encompass the city round with a wall. Read that again. Titus thought fit to encompass the city round with a wall. Right. See? So they had a plan to put a wall around Jerusalem. See? You, you notice you're hearing that? We need a wall. We need a wall. We need a wall in America. We need to stop Mexicans from crossing the border. The Mexicans was there before it was a border, brothers and sisters. Facts. See? So this is what this is the this is this is their propaganda. Once again, this is their propaganda. Now people are being <laughs> they're being demonized for being Mexicans. They call them drug cartels. When we know that the drug cartel is the government. We know that. Across borders, we need walls. We started building our wall. I'm so proud of it. We started, we started, we have 1.6 billion. And we've already started. You saw the pictures yesterday. I said, what a thing of beauty. And on September 28th, we go further and we're getting that sucker built. And you think that's easy? People said, oh, has he given up on the wall? No, I never give up. I never, we have 1.6 billion toward the wall. And we've done the planning. And uh, you saw those beautiful pictures, and the wall looks good. It's properly designed. That's what I do is I build. I was always very good at building. It was always my best thing. I think better than being president, I was maybe good at building. Like you people, you're good at building. I think maybe we'll be better at president, David. That would be, that would be good. But we are building a, a really uh, state-of-the-art, very, very efficient. Have to be able to see through. Makes a lot of sense. You have to be able to see who's on the other side. No, nobody would even think of it. We've done prototypes all over, and we have something special happening. This before, brothers and sisters, they built a wall around Jerusalem. They have a plan. Read that again, brother. Titus thought fit to encompass the city round with a wall, after which the famine consumed the people by whole houses and families together. Verse 1. And now did Titus consult with his commanders, with his commanders, what was to be done? Those that were of the warmest tempers thought he should bring the whole army against the city and storm the wall. For that hitherto, no more than a part of their army had fought with the Jews. Read, read that from the top. Start at the top again, brother. I'm sorry. At chapter uh, chapter one. We on verse uh, page eight sixty six, brothers and sisters. For those who have this record or may be interested in getting the PDF. Chapter 12, verse 1. And now did Titus consult with his commanders what was to be done. Those that were of the warmest tempers thought he should bring the whole army against the city and storm the wall. For that hitherto, no more than a part of their army had fought with the Jews. But that in case the entire army was to come at once. 
they would not be able to sustain their attack. So they were saying they were, this is what the Pentagon does. They sit around a table and they talk to their commanders. What's the best plan? How can we destroy these people without losing a lot? So they were talking with their commanders and trying to figure what's the best way to attack these people. One of the commanders said, let's just sack them. Let's all run in at one time and destroy them. But they knew they couldn't do that. You're not going to come up in Jerusalem with no swords. Not like that. Not against these strong black men. Because they didn't have guns back then. So they knew they needed to be a little bit more. They needed to be a little bit smarter than that. Than try to come fight against these people with brute force. That's not going to work. That's not going to work. Continue, brother. They would not be able to sustain their attacks, but would be overwhelmed by their darts. But of those that were for a more cautious management, some were were for raising their banks again. And others advised to let the banks alone, but to lie still before the city, to guard against the coming out of the Jews. So they surround, first they surrounded Israel. They surrounded Jerusalem. They didn't put a wall first. First they just surrounded it to say, listen, if they come out, we get them. If they try to come out of Jerusalem for food or whatever, we take them down. Continue, brother. To guard against the coming out of the Jews and against their carrying provisions into the city. See, so against their carrying provisions into the city. So don't allow them to bring food in. Don't allow them to bring water in. See, so we must starve them out first. Once they're weakened, then we'll attack. See, this is what they did. They tried to starve us out first, brothers and sisters. And so to lead the enemy to the famine, and this without direct fighting with them. See, so instead of directly fighting, they said, you know what, let's starve them out first. Let's starve them out, because what happens when, when there's no food? We start fighting amongst each other. They know that. Remember in Katrina, uh, when there was floods, what was our people doing? They call it looting. We, we call it surviving. They were breaking in stores. I saw brothers with, with TVs on their back underwater. I'm going to go get some iPhones. I need to go get some iPhones. That's what our people do. And they knew this. So they said, let's take the food back because it's just like in jail. I have seen brothers almost die over a pack of noodles, over food. When food is scarce, we turn against each other. And they know that. They've done the history. They've done the research. We did it before. We're talking about the same people (laughs) that kill each other over a pair of retro Jordans. They knew this. Continue, brother. For that despair was not to be conquered, especially as to those who are... Desirous to die by the sword while a more terrible misery than that is reserved for them. However, Titus did not think it fit for so great an army to lie entirely idle, and that yet it was in vain to fight with those that would be destroyed one by another. So he said, <clears throat> Titus said, you know, such a great army, we shouldn't just surround him and just wait for him. We, we need to do something else. I, I, I don't think we should just sit and wait. He said, let them kill each other. And that'll dwindle some of the number down. See, that's why they established gangs. See? Kill off each other first. And then we'll come get whatever's left. See? This was this is government. This was drafted well before Constitution, brothers and sisters. This was an ancient plan, 70 AD. This was going on. Continue, brother. That therefore his opinion was that if they aimed at quickness joined with security... They must build a wall round about the whole city. They must what? Build a wall round about the whole city. Now you hear Trump saying, we need a wall. We need a wall. See? And they're claiming that they're trying to keep people out. No, they're not. Because why? Having Mexicans or those here bring the wages down. Mm-hmm. Right? Why pay somebody $40 an hour when you can pay them $10 for the day? 
See, so it's not about that. It's not about keeping people out. They're looking to keep somebody in. So when they come, there's nowhere to run. This is an ancient plan, brothers and sisters, established by demons and spirits. Read that one more time, brother. That therefore his opinion was that if they aim that quickness and join with security, they must build a wall round about the whole city, which was, he thought, the only way to prevent the Jews from coming out anyway. And that then they would they would either entirely despair of saving the city and so surrender it up to him. Or be still the more easily conquered when the famine had further weakened them. See, they would be easily conquered once the famine had weakened them. Why do you think they GMO in your foods? Mm-hmm. See? Why do you think you it, it's almost it's almost unlawful to grow your own foods? You can't even mail seeds in America, brothers and sisters. That's against the law. You cannot mail seeds uh, through the United States Postal Service. See? Mm-hmm. They, they're taking back the food. They're taking it back. They're cutting wages. They're raising rent. This is what they're doing strategically. Sit back, let them fight themselves, and then we'll come in after they're weak and they're hungry. This is what they're doing. Continue, brother. For that besides this wall, he would not lie entirely at rest afterwards, but would take care then to have banks raised again when those that would oppose them were become weaker. But that if anyone should think such a work to be too great and not to be finished without much difficulty... He ought to consider that it is not for it is not fit for Romans to undertake any small work. Right. So he said, for those who think this is, you know, this will be hard to accomplish. He said, we have a great army. This is Rome. And, you know, anything worth having will take some work. Continue. And that none but God himself could with ease accomplish any great thing whatsoever. See, so only God could accomplish something easy. So they were patient. They knew that this was going to be a struggle. But they were ready because why? They were being controlled by the serpent. They were being controlled back then, brothers and sisters. And this had not changed. They're still looking to kill these people. They're still looking to destroy these people. Continue, brother. While Caesar himself took notice of 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 and rewarded the like contention in those commanders, for he went round about the works many times every day and took a view of what was done. See, so they walked around to see as this wall was being built. They checked it out. They wanted to see the weak spots. They needed to know where the secret passages was. Where would the, where would the Jews probably try to come to get food? See, they did this. They surrounded because why? Masada was up on a hill. It was the high ground. So they were at the bottom. They surrounded. They knew they couldn't fight us because when you have high ground, you have you know you have a better chance. So they said, you know what? Let's surround them. And when they try to come down for food, kill them. This is what they did. This was their plan, and they're doing it again, brothers and sisters. They're doing it again. They claim Mexicans are coming over and stealing your jobs. What jo- the only they're doing the jobs that we won't do. So what jobs did a Mexican take from you? Continue, brother. <clears throat> when Titus had therefore encompassed the city with this wall and put gar- garrisons into proper places, read that part again. When Titus had therefore encompassed the city with this wall and put garrisons into proper places. He went round the wall at the first watch of the night and observed how the guard was kept. The second watch he allotted to Alexander. The commanders of legions took the third watch. They also cast a, cast lots among themselves who should be upon the watch in the nighttime and who should go all night long round the spaces that were interposed between the garrisons. See, so this thing was watched for 24 hours. 
They were looking to destroy these people. These people are who you call the Negroes, the Benjamites, who are those of the West Indies, right? The Haitians. These were the only tribes that was left at this time. Continue, brother. So all hope of escaping was now cut cut off from the Jews. Read that part again. So all hope of escaping was now cut off from the Jews. See, so it wasn't about trying to keep people out. It was about trying to keep people in. That's what it was about, brothers and sisters. Continue. Now all hope of escaping was now cut off from the Jews together with their liberty of going out of the city. See, so we couldn't even leave. See? Then did the famine widen its progress and devour the people by whole houses and families. See, so now the, the famine, right, it, 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 it has become greater. Now people are dying. People are sick. We're not as strong. Continue. The upper rooms were full of women and children that were dying by famine. And the lanes of the city were full of dead bodies of the aged. And children also and the young men wandered about the marketplaces like shadows. All swelled with the famine. It says swelled by the famine. If you ever seen some of those uh, quote unquote Africans, their stomach is swollen up. It's because they're starving. You'll see. They, when you're not eating, your belly swells. Continue, brother. <clears throat> All swelled with the famine and fell down dead whatsoever their misery seized them. As for burying them, those that were sick themselves were not able to do it. See, so when people died, we couldn't even bury our, our, our brothers and sisters because we was, we was too hungry. We wasn't strong enough to even bury our people. And we know burying is an Israelite custom. You must be buried. That's Israelite custom, brothers and sisters. Continue. And those that were, were hardy and well were deterred from doing it by the great multitude of those dead bodies. So, so those who were strong enough, those brothers that were strong enough said, it's too many dead. Just don't even we not. It's too much. It's too much. Continue. And by the uncertainty, there was how soon they should die themselves. For many died as they were burying others. See, so some of our brothers died as they were burying others. This is this is the plan, brothers and sisters. This is the plan. And they did this in Jerusalem. But now it's worldwide. That's why they have the United Nations. Who are they united against? See? The serpent is still trying to destroy these people. For many died as they were burying others, and many went to their coffins before the fatal hour was come. A deep silence also, a kind of deadly night, had seized upon the city, while yet the robbers were still more terrible than these miseries were themselves. Right, the robbers, because our people were robbing each other. You had what you call the zealots or gangs. The gangs were ruling our people. They saw, they saw it. You know, our, our people were weak and they would go in their house and rob them and take their food because this is what happens when there's no food. This is what happens. And they knew this. So it said that our people were killing each other. And that was worse than the famine itself. Our people would turn against each other. The same people who fight over TVs on Black Friday. See, so that same way that and you fight over TV, we would do it. Our people would do this, brothers and sisters, unfortunately. For they break up, open those houses which were no other than graves of dead bodies, and plundered them of what they had, and carrying off the coverings of their bodies, went out laughing and tried the points of their swords on the dead bodies. Right, so they started to stab our brothers and sisters who died because they knew what? We were probably hiding gold. A lot of our people through traveling didn't want to carry the gold on their person because our people was robbing each other. So what did they do? They ate the gold and tried to 
use the bathroom and take it out. So they were cutting brothers and sisters open to see what you got in. You got gold in you. This is our people, brothers and sisters. These are those who didn't flee into the mountains, like Christ said. And in order to prove what what metal they were they were made of, and in order to prove what metal they were made of, they thrust some of those through the steel lake alive upon the ground. Right. So we wanted to show you. We wanted to show you that the first thing they did was put a wall, a garrison around Jerusalem, the same way they're doing in America today. And then they stopped all, they, they had what you call sanctions, the same way they do now, where they don't allow countries to trade and, and restrict their resources. This is what they do. They take your resources. They take your water. They take your money. They take your food. And then they allow you to kill each other. And then they come in afterwards. This is an ancient plan that they got from their forefathers, who got it from Lucifer himself, Satan. We're going to go to scriptures now. Let's jump back into the Bible to show you that this was prophesied. Let's go to Daniel 11. Let's read Daniel 11 and uh, let's read 31. Daniel 11 verse 31. And arms shall stand on his part and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength and shall take away the daily sacrifice. Take away the what? Daily sacrifice. And they shall place the abomination that make it desolate. They would take away the daily sacrifice. That's your food, brothers and sisters. They would take that away. They would cut that off. It was prophesied, brothers and sisters. It was prophesied that they would do this. They would control our food. And that's why we can't allow government to control how we eat. We need to learn how to feed ourselves, brothers and sisters. Whether it's growing your own fruits and vegetables, killing your own animals, doing your own fish. I'm not saying you have to live like that right now, but we need to learn that. Because we've been pacified. They've pacified Israel to where we can't even feed ourselves. We are, you know, if, if Walmart don't have it, we, we, we won't even eat. If Walmart don't have it, we won't eat. See, that's how they got us now, brothers and sisters. They, if they say, you know what, no more trucks coming in this safe way. Then what? Then what do we do? See, so we need to learn how to, number one, have faith in the Most High God and learn a little bit about agriculture. We need that. Therefore, we don't need them to feed us. That's what we need to do, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time. Verse 31. And arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that make desolate. Right. Now we're going to go back into Josephus because there was a story that happened. A sister who had no food ate her own baby, brothers and sisters. She ate her own baby. And we're going to go into that scripture. Uh, we're going to go into that passage. Page 884. It's uh, book 6, chapter 3, paragraph 4. Let's read the story. Because they took the daily sacrifice away, brothers and sisters. Look at what they did to our people. Look at what they did. Verse 4. There was a certain woman that dwelt beyond Jordan. Her name was Mary. Her father was Eleazar. Of the village Bethesub, which signifies the house of Hissop. She was eminent for her family and her wealth, and had fled away to Jerusalem with the rest of the multitude, and was with them besieged therein at this time. The, the other effects of his, this woman had been already seized upon. 
Such I mean as she had brought with her out of Perea and moved to the city. What she had treasured up besides, as also what food she had contrived to save, had been also carried off by the rapacious guards. Right, so these guards would come and check people's homes, and if they found food there, they would take it. They would take the food. Continue, brother. Carried off by the rapacious guards who came every day running into her house for that purpose. Right, every day. Every day they did this, brothers and sisters. This put the poor woman into a very great passion, and by the frequent reproaches and imprecations she cast at these rapacious villains, she had provoked them to, to anger against her. But none of them, either out of the indignation she had raised against herself, or out of commis- commiseration of her case, but would take away her life. And if she found any food, she perceived their labors were for others. Right, so if she found any food, she knew that somebody was going to come take it. She knew. She was what you would call depressed, brothers and sisters. She felt like any food that I find, they're going to come take it. These are what, this is what happened to brothers and sisters who didn't take heed to Christ's prophecies. Continue. And if she found any food, she perceived her labors were for others and not for herself. And it was now become impossible for her any way to find any more food, while the famine pierced through her very bowels and marrow. When also her passion was fired to a degree beyond the famine itself, nor did she console with anything but with her passion and the necessity she was in. She then attempted to most the most unnatural thing. Read that part again. She then attempted a most unnatural thing and snatching up her son, who was a child sucking on her breast. And she said, oh, thou miserable infant. Remember, he said, woe to those who give suck in those days. That was prophesied, brothers and sisters. Continue. For whom shall I preserve thee in this war, this famine, and this sedition? As to the war with the Romans, if they preserve our lives, we must be slaves. She said, if, if, if we don't die, we'll be slaves. This is what she felt. Continue. This famine also will destroy us, even before that slavery, slavery comes upon us. Yet are these seditions rogues more terrible than both the other. Come on, be thou my food. Be thou my food. She's talking to her baby, her son. Continue. And be thou a fury to these seditions, varlets, and a byword to the world. Right, a byword, because they were calling this niggers and wetbacks. This is what they were calling this. They was disrespecting us. They took us down. They were stealing our food. We was killing each other. We was acting like heathens. Continue, brother. Come on, be thou my food, and be thou a fury to these seditious varlets, and a byword to the world, which is all that is now wanting to complete the calamities of us Jews. As soon as she had said this, she slew her son. Read that part again. As soon as she had said this, she slew her son, and then roasted him. And then what? Roasted him, and ate the one half of him, and kept the other half by her concealed. Upon this, the seditious came and... Presently, and smelling the horrid scent of this food, they threatened her that they would cut her throat immediately if she did not show them what food she had gotten ready. Right. So after she did this, she hid the baby in the oven. The, the pastor tells you she hid the baby in the oven. They came in. They said, you got food? What is that? You're going to die. Show us what you got. You better show us what you got. Continue, brother. She replied that she had saved a very fine portion of it for them. And withal uncovered what was left of her son. Hereupon they were seized with a horror and amazement of mind, and stood astonished at the sight. When she said to them, 
This is mine own son. And what had been done, what had been done was mine own doing. Come eat of this food, for I have eaten of it myself. This is cannibalism, brothers and sisters. This is what they did to our people. This is what they did, and this is what's coming again, especially here in America, brothers and sisters, on a high level. And it won't be just aimed towards Israel. It'll be aimed towards everybody. Why? Because they know Israel have been scattered through the four corners of the earth. Therefore, there's a possibility that Gentiles have mixed with us. So everybody's going to go down. Everybody. And see, that's why they don't mix their bloods. Their blood. The Queen of England and those, the, 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 the Romans, those who are still the Romans today, they don't mix their bloods. And there's a reason for that. So they'll tell you, oh, it doesn't matter who you are. But yet they, they don't mix their blood, though. So it only don't matter when you become cognizant of what's transpiring. Continue, brother. Do not you pretend to be either more tender than a woman or more compassionate than a mother. But if you be so scru scru scrupulous and do abominate this my sacrifice as I have eaten the other half, let the rest be reserved for me also. After which those men went out trembling. Being never so much affrighted, affrighted at anything as they were at this, that they were at this, and with so with some difficulty they left the rest of that meat to the mother. Right, they was like, nah, I'm, nah, I'm good. This woman is crazy. She didn't ate her own baby that came from her bosom. Continue, brother. Upon which the whole city was full of this horrid action immediately, and while everybody laid this miserable case before their own eyes, they trembled. As if they unheard of, as if this unheard of action had been by themselves. So those that were thus distressed by the famine were very desirous to die. Right. So some people, a lot of our people just wanted to die. They just wanted to die because everything that was transpiring, our own people destroying us, robbing us, killing us. Then you had the famine. Then on top of that, you had the Romans. So at this point, they felt like death was a better option. Continue, brother. And those already dead were esteemed happy because they had not lived long enough either to hear or to see such miseries. This sad instance was very quickly told to the Romans, some of whom could not believe it, and others pitied the distress which the Jews were under. But there were many of them who were hereby induced to a more bitter hatred than ordinary against our nation. Right, so some people felt bad. Just like you, you had Edomites during the... Uh, the Underground Railroad that helped us. And some people was like, that's what they get. That's what they deserve. So some of them <laughs> felt nothing for us, felt nothing towards us. And those who did were scared that they would be killed by their own people if they tried to help. The same way it was back then in slavery, modern slavery in the 1600s. Some of them, were they felt like they were forced to have slaves because if they turned it down, then that means, hold on, you're dealing with something different. You're dealing with something. See, if you take the slave, now you're culpable. See? Now you're culpable. Now you're no better than me. Why? Because you've partaken. And if you don't partake, maybe I should kill you then. See? So a lot of Edomites know it's wrong, but they're, they're scared. They're scared. These white people burn their own cities. Burn their own lands. Blow up stuff. You think they won't hesitate to put a pull a trigger on a white man? Continue, brother. But for Caesar, he excused himself before God as to this matter and said that he had opposed peace and liberty to the Jews as well as an oblivion of all their former insolent practices, but that they, instead of accord, had chosen sedition. Instead of peace, war. And before 
satiety and abundance a famine that they had begun with their own hands to burn down the temple which were ha- which we had preserved hit- hitherto and that therefore they deserved to eat such food as this was. See, so they said we offered them peace. They didn't want it. This is what they wanted. They burned down their own temples. This is what they said. We're going to stop in this part with Josephus because we just wanted to bring that part out to show you this is what was transpiring in 70 AD in the desolation of abomination for those who did not follow what Christ commanded, which was to flee into the mountains. This is what happened, brothers and sisters. 70 AD, the desolation of abomination. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28 and 53 to prove to you that it was prophesied. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 53. Deuteronomy 28 and 53. And thou shalt eat the fruits of thine own body, the flesh of thy sons and of thy daughters. See, this was prophesied. This was part of the curses, brothers and sisters. This was part of the curses. It was prophesied for breaking the law, statutes and commandments. This is what would happen. This is what we would receive. Read that again, brother. Verse 53. And thou shalt eat the fruit of thine own body, the flesh of thy sons and of thy daughters, which the Lord thy God hath given thee, and the seed. In the seed. See, that's what it was. That was the final siege of Jerusalem, 70 AD, the desolation of abomination. You can find this in history records all over. And that's the proof that the Bible is a historical record. Because you can find the fall of Jerusalem in a plethora of historical records. Continue, brother. In the siege and in the straightness wherewith thine enemy shall distress thee. Right. Go to Jeremiah 19 and 9. Jeremiah 19 verse 9. And I will cause them to eat the flesh of their sons and the flesh of their daughters. And they shall eat every one the flesh of his friend in the siege of and the straightness. Wherewith their enemies and they that seek their lives shall straighten them. Right. See, so this was prophesied, brothers and sisters, that this would go down with our people. This was prophesied for our disobedience. And this is why, you know, now, more now than ever, do we got to come back to the Most High. Because if you think that was something, they got something else planned for us. They're still trying to take down these people. They haven't destroyed us yet. They're still looking to take us down. Read that one more time, brother, before we move on. Verse 9. And I will cause them to eat the flesh of their sons and the flesh of their daughters. And they shall eat every one the flesh of his friend in the seeds and straightness. Wherewith their enemies and they that seek their lives shall straighten them. Right. Let's go to the apographer, brothers and sisters. Wisdom of Solomon 5. We got a few more scriptures. Wisdom of Solomon, brothers and sisters. We're going to read 5 and 1. Wisdom of Solomon 5 verse 1. Then shall the righteous man stand in great boldness before the face of such as have afflicted him and made no account of his labors. Right, made no account of our labors. We built this country. Every empire out there we've built, but we don't get no, get no credit for that. They discount our work. See, And even though all of that happened to us and it's still coming, we're going to stand in faith. To the most high high and ask for protection in righteousness. Read that again, brother. Verse one. Then shall the righteous man stand in great boldness before the face of such as have afflicted him and made no account of his labors. When they see it, they shall be troubled with terrible fear. Right. So when the nations start to see us rise, 
they will be troubled in terrible fear. Read that one more time. Verse 2. When they see it, they shall be troubled with terrible fear and shall be amazed at the strongness of his salvation. So far beyond all that they look for. The, the, the strangeness of his salvation. What's that salvation? That salvation is Christ, brothers and sisters. The strangeness of our salvation is Christ. Because they're looking at us like the destitute, you know, the position that they're in, the posture that we have them in, there's no way that they could rise again. There's no way. There's no way. See? Read that again, brother. Verse 2. When they see it, they shall be troubled with terrible fear and shall be amazed at the strangeness of his salvation so far beyond all that they looked for. And they repenting and groaning for anguish of spirit shall say within themselves, this was he whom we had sometimes in derision and a proverb of reproach. This is he who was a proverb of reproach. This is he who we call a byword. The strangeness of our salvation. Why? Because our salvation is going to come in a way where the Gentiles can't comprehend they can't comprehend this. Continue, brother. Verse 4. We fools accounted his life madness. Read that part again. We fools accounted his life madness and his end to be without honor. How is he numbered among the children of God? See, how is he numbered as the children of God? See, that's how they look at us. These people? These are God's people. See? That's how they look at us. Continue, brother. Verse 5. How is he numbered among the children of God? And his lot is among the saints. See, and you thought the saints was who? Mother Teresa. That's who you thought the saints was, right? <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> those same black people that you was calling negress. Those same Hispanics you was calling wetbacks and spicks. Those same people. Continue, brother. Verse 6. Therefore have we erred from the way of the truth, and the light of righteousness hath not shined unto us, and the sun of righteousness rose not upon us. We wearied ourselves in the way of wickedness and destruction. Yeah, we have gone through deserts where they lay no way. But as far, but as for as for the way of the Lord, we have not known it. Right. So we've done. Listen, we've been fighting each other. This is what they're going to say. We've been warring against each other just for them to rule. Everything they have done since our fall is going to result in nothing. We're going to rule anyway at the end. They have stolen lands, killed people, bombed stuff. They've done all of this and they're still going to lose. Continue, brother. Verse 8. What hath pride profited us? Or what good hath riches with our, our, vaunting, our haunting brought us? All those things are passed away like a shadow. And as a post that, has, that hasted by. And as a ship that passeth over the waves of water. Which when it is gone by, the trace thereof cannot be found. Neither the pathway of the, of the keel in the waves. Or as when a bird hath flown through the air, there is no token of her way to be found. Right. When a bird flies through the air, you can't trace where it came from. And see, that's when we come back to rulership, there'll be no trace of anything that they've done. It's for nothing. It's for nothing, brothers and sisters. Continue. Verse 11. Or as when a bird hath flown through the air, there is no token of her way to be found. But the light air being, beat, being beaten with the stroke of her wings. And parted with the violent noise and motion of them is past th is past thorough, and therein afterwards no sign where she went is to be found. Or like as when an arrow is shot at a mark, it parted the air, which immediately cometh together again, so that a man cannot know where it went through. Even so, we in like manner, as soon as we were born, began to draw our end, and had no sign of virtue to show. But we're consumed in our own wickedness. They were consumed in their own wickedness. This whole time, they've been dealing with 
you know, just destroying the earth. They destroy everything. And now look. Now look what's going to happen. Now these people are rising. And now that they see us rising, they are frightened. They are terrified, brothers and sisters. These people are rising. Everything we've done. And they're still coming to the knowledge. What can we do? Continue, brother. Verse 14. For the hope of the ungodly is like death that is blown away with the wind, like a, th- like a thin froth that is driven away with the storm, like as the smoke which is dispersed here and there with a tempest, and passeth away as the remembrance of a guest that tarried but a day. But the righteous live forevermore. Read that again, brother. But the righteous live forevermore. Their reward also is with the Lord, and the care of them is with the Most High. Therefore shall they receive a glorious kingdom. Read that part again. Therefore shall they receive a glorious kingdom and a beautiful crown from the Lord's hand. For with his right hand shall be shall he cover them, and with his arm shall he protect them. Right, we will be protected by the Most High, and that's the importance of knowing his name. Because when these things start to transpire, a lot of our brothers and sisters are going to be calling on a different God. And they're going to realize that God ain't working for them. And you're going to have to call on the Most High, Ahiah. Ashaw Ahiah, which is the great I am in the ancient Phoenician Hebrew. You're going to need that name, brothers and sisters. Even the brothers and sisters who, who don't want to accept it. And a lot of times they don't want to accept it because, uh, you know, they weren't the ones with it, I guess. They, you know, for the sake of not wanting to be wrong, they just won't accept it. But there's going to come a time where you're going to have to put that pride down for the sake of survival. For the sake of survival, brothers and sisters, go to Jeremiah 16 and 19. We got two more passages. We're going to close it out, brothers and sisters. Jeremiah 16, verse 19. O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction. The Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say. Say what? Surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no prophecy. See, because now it can't be denied. And see, the thing about Gentiles, especially Edomites, Jacob seeketh after a sign. The Edomites seeketh after knowledge. So when you bring them certain history and things start to make sense, they'll accept it. A lot of them will accept it. Even if they don't show you they accept it in their mind, they know it's the truth. Because why? We're the ones looking for a sign. That's us. They, They study. They're the philosophers, brothers and sisters. So when it comes to devil, it'll make sense to them. And they'll come to you and say... Read it again, brother. Verse 19. O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction, the Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and and things that wherein there is no profit. Shall a man make gods unto himself, and they are no gods? Therefore, behold, I will this once cause them to know. I will cause them to know mine hand and my might. See, the Most High keeps saying he will cause them to know. See, he will cause them to know. He will cause them to know. They're going to know. Continue, brother. And they shall know that my name is the Lord. Right, and we know that name is Ahio. They shall know that his name is Ahio. They will all know it, brothers and sisters, because the Most High is going to make sure they know. He's going to make sure. There's judgment coming, brothers and sisters. We're in Jacob's trouble, and we need to band together, understand to not fight each other. Number one, when you see something on the news, first thing you need to realize is a lie. The first thing I know when I see a news circulation is it's a lie until it can be proven otherwise. All of it, because why? If you believe any of it, you'll fall for all of it. So if you see anything like that, understand it's a lie. 
Because why? This is what they use. They use the media. They use the media. So they'll put something, you watch the news, they'll put a picture up or a story, then they give you the narrative of what's transpiring. And it's always against our people. We've gone into the history to show you that Nero, a Caesar, historical fact that he burned down Rome, the great fire of Rome, 64 AD, and then blamed it on our people in order to six years later come destroy us and take us down, which caused us to leave Jerusalem. That was the beginning of Jacob's trouble. That was the beginning of the desolation of abomination. We're still in that, brothers and sisters. We're still in the desolation, brothers and sisters. This was something that happened to a physical people. And if you don't know you're an Israelite or you don't care, how can you defend yourself? How can you know? There's nothing new under the sun. They they put up a wall before. Now they're flipping it. They claim they're trying to keep immigrants out. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're looking to keep you in. How, how can we prove that? Because if America's so great, why are they jumping through all these hoops to have you get a passport and all these other things in order to leave? If America's so great, why are you trying to stop me from leaving? See? So they've done this before in history, brothers and sisters. They're liars. They're the father of lies, as the Bible says. We're going to end it at Jeremiah 30, and we're going to read 1 through 15. Jeremiah 30, verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord God of Israel, saying, Write thee all the words that I have spoken unto thee in a book. For lo, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel and Judah, saith the Lord. Why is it saying Israel and Judah? Because Israel was the northern kingdom of Judah, was the southern kingdom. Continue, brother. And I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. And these are the words that the Lord spake concerning Israel and concerning Judah. Right, so we will be saved, brothers and sisters, but we must have faith. We must take action and trust in the Most High. Continue, brother. Verse 5. For thus saith the Lord, we have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. As ye know, ask ye now, and see whether a man doth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness. So something would transpire that's weakening the strength of men. That's what he's seeing here, brothers and sisters. Verse 7. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. The time of what? Jacob's trouble. See? The time of Jacob's trouble, brothers and sisters. That's indicative of who it's against. Of course, it's a tough time for everybody, but it's aimed at Jacob, brothers and sisters. But he shall be saved out of it. Read that part again. For, but he shall be saved out of it. So he's saying, I'm going to preserve you based on the covenant I gave to your father, Abraham. That's what he's saying. We will be, we will be saved, brothers and sisters. Continue. Verse 8. For it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck, and will burst thy bonds, and the strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. See, strangers will no longer serve. We will no longer be a human commodity, a human resource. Used to build, we built every empire there is. Every empire we built, it was built on the back of Israel. They know that they needed us. They all used us as slaves. The Grecian Empire, the Roman Empire, the Babylonian Empire. We can keep going. The Egyptian Empire. They all used us because why? They knew that if they had us, they had grace of God. They had God's grace. America had become great when who got here? 
See, Egypt was great when who was there? When we left, it became a desert. See, so they know it's us. It's us. Continue, brother. Verse 9. But they shall serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will raise up unto them. Now, when it says David, it's talking about Christ, because why? Christ was the son of David. Continue. Verse 10. Therefore, fear thou not, O my servant Jacob, said the Lord. Neither be dismayed, O Israel. For lo, I will save thee from afar, and thy seed from the land of their captivity. And Jacob shall return, and shall be in rest, and be quiet, and none shall make him afraid. See, we will get rest, brothers and sisters. We haven't had it yet, but we will get it. We will have tranquility. Continue. Verse 11. For I am with thee, said the Lord, to save thee. Though I make a full end of all nations, whither I have scattered thee, yet will I not make a full end of thee. But I will correct thee in measure, and will not leave thee altogether unpunished. For thus saith the Lord, thy bruise is incur incurable, and thy wound is grievous. There is none to plead thy cause, that thou mayest be bound up. Thou hast no healing medicines. All thy lovers have forgotten thee. They seek thee not, for I have wounded thee with the wound of an enemy, with the chastisement of a cruel one, for the multitude of thine iniquity, because thy sins were increased. Why criest thou for thine affliction? Why cry when we're being affliction when the Most High is the one who put us through the affliction? That's what he's saying. Why cry that you're being afflicted when the Most High is the one who, who put the affliction on you? A lot of times we get caught up in the white man did this and the white man did that. Why? Why the Most High allowed? See? A lot of our people are looking to blame somebody else when it's us. It was our fault. They couldn't come do anything to us if it wasn't for us. Especially not physically. This is our fault, brothers and sisters. It's our forefathers' fault. And we're going to correct it. Because we don't ever want to go through this again. Ever. And we'll make sure we teach our children right. Because <laughs> we don't ever want to go through this again. <laughs> we will never forget what has transpired. Continue, brother. Verse 15. Why criest thou for thine affliction? Thy sorrow is incurable for the multitude of thine iniquity. Because thy sins were increased, I have done these things unto thee. Right, so go through the affliction and be refined like gold. Continue, brother. Verse 16. Therefore all that they Actually, that devour... Excuse me, I'm sorry. Read 15 one more time. Verse 15. Why criest thou for thine affliction? Thy sorrow is incurable for the multitude of thine iniquity. Because thy sins were increased, I have done these things unto thee. Right, so we will persevere, brothers and sisters. We will persevere. And all those who came against Israel will be judged. All of them. Every single one of them. So if you're a Gentile, it would behoove you to turn away from the sins of your father and help Israel. Cleave unto Jacob and help facilitate them being safe. Mm -hmm. That's your job. You have a job too. Gentiles, you have a job. Israel, you know, we must come back to the father. Follow his law, statutes, and commandments, his holy days. Love thy brothers. All Gentiles, we love you. If you're with Christ, then we're with you. And we're not going to treat you any any different. But understand there's an order. Yeah. Understand that. Even in the kingdom, there will be an order. You can make it. But there's an order. Because why? You're ruling right now. So why? Should you have your kingdom and our kingdom too? No. No. So just understand there's an order and everything will be okay. So today's lesson was a history lesson. We went into the histrionics behind the false flags, the great fire of Rome, and the pretext that they used to demonize our people, brothers and sisters. There is nothing new under the sun. We want to say, Kwam Yasha Allah.
Sin no more. Well, this song is going out and reaching out to all of my brothers and sisters right across the world, you know? Hebrew Israelites. Especially my brothers and sisters in Libya where I suffer. But nobody now said nothing about it. But we have to talk, you know? Fight against injustice. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Goes like this. We've had a lot of heartaches and pains We've been through the struggles, the stress and strain Still not give up We are stand up and fight till your shire comes For all the fallen soldiers Rest in peace on the other side Cause one day in the other life We will meet again Them kill you off and believe them win But them not going to fight just begin Cause I you see all of your suffering and that's why he caused me to sing He said, oh, oh, hold on Hebrew soldiers, yeah Me know the pack are kind of tough But you're bound to win So never give up, no Cause you're fighting victory Though them are off and up off Them don't lose already So oh, Though dark a road man, that which he tried He will never leave you lonely, son, and need to be sad Though them persecute your faults, they rejoice and be glad Cause great is your reward in heaven So, no man worry about the laugh and the giggling Press to want your mark because your price is everlasting You might be wondering now when the shuttles are going The tunnel might attack, but there's a light at the end Press! You know the battle kinda tough, but you're bound to win. So never, never give up. Never give up, cause you're fighting victory. Oh yeah. I'm Mr. Ho. Come, but Israel where we stay strong And let us preach righteousness in Babylon kingdom For too long our people have been spellbound By doctrines of devils and pagan religions Wake up, wake up, ye sons of Jacob I gave us laws, now it's time to keep them It's time to turn away from the ways of the heathen Heathen Isaiah chapter 1 verse 10 And it shall come to pass That in the place where it was said unto them Ye are not my people There it shall be said unto them Ye are the sons of the living God So hold on You've got to hold on Hebrew soldiers Me know the battle kind of tough But you're bound to win So never give up Cause you're fighting victory Go them off and I'm puff them the lose already So hold on, hold on Hebrew soldiers Hold on, hold on I say hold on Hebrew soldiers I know the battle kind of tough But you won't win So never give up Don't you Shire already win the victory. Yeah, yeah. 